three, two, one. From down in the dirty bird. Oh my goodness gracious. The only mustard buzzard podcast on the planet. This is Buzzardry. Here are your hosts, Ben Milam and Patrick McGee. Alright, so we are back. Another live episode of Buzzardry. We appreciate you being with us. Patrick, it's a good day for Southern Miss Sports. It's a banner day, as they like to say. That's right. Uh, yeah, but yeah, special live episode covering this uh, Sunbelt uh, move. It's been in the works for a while, I guess, now. That's right. We're going to break it all down. Obviously, it has been... Um, it's been analyzed ad nauseum for the last, I don't know, the last month or so. I feel like... Who was who it that had the first... Was it JMU game day that I think had the it first was. break? I think they were. They ended up being. We kind of like, oh yeah, that's just like a fan account. And they ended yeah. up being spot on about the whole thing. Yeah, so. they they nailed it. And there was, uh, I feel like it was a Georgia Southern account that was after them. And so, I don't know whoever whoever their sources are. They were uh, pretty high quality where they just guessed right. Because um, yeah, I guess guess it's been about a month. Uh, feels like at least that where this has really started in earnest. Yeah. Um. And me and. Me and Patrick were both at, um, I guess, what they call the reception. I was at the media presser, and so we will um, we'll talk about some of that, what we heard, and we got a few questions that we um, that we will address. Uh, plenty to talk about, man. Again, a good day, and yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll let you. Um, Give your initial thoughts first, because uh, is your mic falling down? Oh uh, no, I think okay. I not. Um, I do. I do want to say if that we had a a few listeners that we saw at um, the reception, but Patrick got a big shout out by Doctor Bennett. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, one of the one of the first things that Doctor Bennett said when he stood up was um, talked about how great Patrick's article was, which it, it was. If you, um, I don't, I I need to. Tweet that out on the Buzzardry account, but uh, it's it's pinned to my my Twitter. Yes, oh, so. it's on his personal yeah. Twitter page. So um, go read that. Uh, I thought that was awesome. Um, great for the brand, you know. <laughs> um, so yes, if you uh, if you have a question or a comment or anything um, that you want us to talk about, just throw it in the chat or send us a tweet. Patrick will be checking that. Um, yeah, Patrick. Initial thoughts on today? Yeah, it was, um, you know, it's been in the works for a while. And, um, you know, it finally happened. Like you said on Twitter, the day the rumblings ended where he actually was in reality. Um, But, yeah, I think just kind of based on all the shuffling that's happened over the last couple months, I think this is a move uh, that makes a lot of sense. We've talked about it. Just the regionality, the regional focus of um, this conference – uh, it's an improved football – I'm sure we'll talk about it, but improved football conference. Um, baseball is going to be good. Um, you know, hopefully see an increase in media rights. I know they said it was going to be – I know they said it was similar. I, th- I think the hope is they're going to renegotiate that once these additions come in. Um, and you will see a, a larger uh, media rights deal. And then plus exposure being on ESPN. Um, but, yeah, you know, the, just kind of the geographic nature of it um, just alone makes sense. A couple of that would see you say falling apart. Uh, just yes, yeah, a whole lot of positives. Um, 
not really any negatives, which is something Jeremy said in the presser. Uh, there really wasn't any drawbacks to this. But, yeah, a uh, good day for sure. Good yeah. move. Yeah, you're kind of you're kind of on both ends of the spectrum. Kind of what you said there is this: it works out really well for Southern Miss, and you don't really have another option. Is is you know it's it kind of works out in this weird way where Southern Miss catches this really good break to me, um, and, and you know that's you know I, it's been talked about, and you, and you said it, you know, um, maybe it was in the article, but uh, this is. Yeah, to be the the best uh, or the the biggest step forward in the 21st century for Southern Miss, and it really it really was a product of uh, you know obviously the Oklahoma and, and, and Texas moved to the SEC and the trickle down effect, um, but now just the way that the pieces have moved and this was talked about a lot at the reception and at the presser, um, and all, you know also on plenty on social media and. By, you know some um, some well-known journalists uh, with well-respected opinions is that the way that this is shaken out it it's not out of the question for the Sun Belt to be in the best I'll, I'll say the best position uh, in the group of five conferences um, I would say Sun Belt and Mountain West are right there um, and the gap is the gap is still there uh, with the AAC just because of the TV revenue I feel like that perception still hangs on a little bit, even without those those three that you lose. Um, but the gap is is very small at this point, and now you get to be um, in this conference that just it makes sense on so many different levels. Um, and you know, Jeremy, that was one of the things Jeremy McLean said is that this is the beginning. This is a foundation for you to start building on top of, which you, to me, you haven't really had any kind of foundation to build your success on. Yes. We've had some success in these last 25 years in conference USA. Um, but it's, it, it hasn't been sustained success. And to me, a big part of that is you haven't lacked real consistent identity. It feels like you get that with the Sunbelt. Yeah, and we talked, we can go back and listen to one of the first episodes we did. We talked about how the MAC is so stable. It's because they have yeah. a bunch of geographically pretty close. I mean, there are a couple outliers, even like a Buffalo, I guess, is kind of an outlier. But geographically compact, and especially when you talk about these divisions that they're going to line up, the West and East are going to be pretty close. Even though you have outliers like a JMU and a Texas State, the divisions are still pretty geographically friendly. Um, so you had a lot of like-minded uh, institutions, of, in fact, I think Jeremy said that in the um, in one of the like a mess, uh, email to Eagle Club uh, members, he said something about yeah. all about how that was part of the um, thing. So yeah, it's just a lot of basically it's going to end up being a, a league of fourteen public schools uh, in the South, uh, kind of medium sized uh, public universities, uh, mostly in smaller town, smaller college towns, or at least like a smaller city like a Mobile or a Lafayette, or a place like that. I mean, you have Atlanta, I guess, and Norfolk, which are outliers, but for the most part, um, kind of college towns and smaller cities. So, mm. And I think a lot of these, you know, they were talking about the AAC couldn't, you know, who knows if they were interested, but they couldn't lure these Sunbelt teams to move. So I think that shows you the stability of the league. I think that's going to be good for USM, as opposed to the past 25 years, Conference USA, where you're having these teams move in and out and all this shuffling. I think the Sunbelt's going to be a lot more stable. Uh, in that respect, so yeah, and there was, and just across the board, even just the the initial reaction from 
Sunbelt fan bases on social media and the message boards and, you know, those different places, it, it's, it's pretty overwhelmingly positive. And I, and I feel like you never really got that with Conference USA. Um, you know, obviously in Southern Miss's place, you always felt like you were getting left behind. But even, even outside of conference realignment, there was, there was never – it never felt like you were walking – arm in arm with those, those member institutions. Um, it was kind of everyone from himself and who's going to be in the best position, you know, to move on whenever the, the next reshuffling happens. And, and we saw exactly that when you know, half, half or over half the conference is going to, is going to leave and um, it's, it's just going to blow up again. Um, and yeah, a, a big part of that is you, you never had that foundation of identity. Um, so yeah, to, to me, this is it's again it's best case scenario, um, almost. I think I think we talked about that. Maybe that was that was after the first tweet started to come out of um, Southern Miss to the Sun Belt is a real thing, and you know there's there's the smoke, and maybe that was the week after um, the James Madison account tweeted that out. Um, we need to we need to have whoever runs that JMU game <laughs> yeah, day. Yeah, JMU game day. We need to have whoever that is on the podcast. Um, yeah, after that, it was. I, I think somebody asked the question um, on one of those episodes of, of what is your ideal um, scenario in this, and I think I don't even remember. It was it was one of one of us said or one of the scenarios we came up with, with was the AAC takes these uh, you know these these more recent programs that that don't really lack a traditional um, identity or uh, a very loyal fan base, and they're recent, and which is exactly what happened with those six outside of UAB, um, and that would have pushed Marshall and UAB and Southern Miss to the Sun Belt, um, and I, I think that was pretty close to best case scenario, and that's pretty close to what happened outside of you know you lose UAB, but it also sounds like, and maybe we'll talk about this. Jeremy McLean made it sound like. He plans to keep playing UAB. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think it works out um, really well. You catch a huge break. And, um, you know, obviously a few things left to fall in place. Um, Keith Gill, Sunbelt Commissioner, did indicate what everyone I think already knows uh, is that this um, is not over for the Sunbelt. They are going to continue to add – um, and just the way he talked, uh, we had a question that said, uh, oh, let me pull it up specifically. I think it was, how do you read between the lines of what was said or something like that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Can we read between the lines with some of the commissioner's comments, uh, which is from USM scoreboard on Twitter? Um, yeah. The first, the first thing I, I would say uh, that we can read between the lines on is, I think it's going to be more than Marshall. Um, just the way he talked, it didn't sound like it was one indicate one um, one institution that that they were targeting. It sounded like uh, there was much more of a process to happen. Um, I think I, I do think the first of those is Marshall. Um, uh, right before we came on, Dennis actually tweeted that he thinks the Old Dominion can announce as soon as tomorrow. Wow, okay. Because uh, uh, Marshall is announcing a new president on, on Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. So I think they want to do that and maybe announce either that day or the day after. 
Um, okay. So. Well, there you go. Uh, maybe it's Old Dominion first. Um, but, yeah, so the way I read between the lines of just the way he talked about it was that it was going to be what I think now is the expectation is, is you go to 14 and it's Old Dominion, Marshall, James Madison. Um, and, yeah, so that the president uh, announcement for Marshall coming on Thursday – and yeah, if if Old Dominion announces as soon as tomorrow, you would expect I think, you know, maybe James Madison by the end of the week, and maybe maybe Marshall ends up being the last. Yeah, uh, James Madison has to have. There's some uh, process like a board of God, I don't even know, like some Virginia board of governors, kind of like IHL ish. Almost, yeah, yeah, they have to approve a move. So they, I've read somewhere maybe early <clears throat> next week for JMU, but who knows? It could, you know, they could speed that up. But uh, yeah, so, so it's. Um, and that's one of the things Gil said is, is within the next couple of weeks. Um, so I think we'll see, we'll see re- real movement. Uh, I don't think it's out of the question to expect by the, by Thanksgiving, um, or at least by Christmas holidays for this all to be oh, yeah. uh, pretty well and shaken out. Um, especially with, you know, I, I don't think, I, I think they're going <laughs> to you're trying to try to get it moving, especially since Southern Miss announced today, um, you know, at this point, there's not really any reason um, to wait. So uh, we will keep tabs on James Madison, Old Dominion. Um, I do. I am glad. I think Patrick, you made this point on Twitter. Uh, I do. I do like that. You don't just get this glob of schools to announce at the same time like the AAC did. Right. Um, because Southern Miss gets some recognition, um, especially being the first one. Um, but there's also, yeah, you, you get to, I think, celebrate the schools individually. Um, and, it, and it, yeah, um, maybe maybe it's the Sunbelt colored glasses that I'm no, wearing I think now. You're exactly right. Um, I'm just like Sunbelt is, is doing everything right. Yeah, <laughs> he's doing everything wrong. But uh, I, I do like the way that worked out. So um, a couple of, you want to, Go through a couple of these highlights of the yeah, presser. the presser. So we, the, one of the things that was discussed was the exit fee. Yeah. Um, and um, it, it was mentioned as two years of revenue. And, you know, people were throwing out, well, it's going to be $6 million. And I had thrown out a couple weeks ago. I was like, well, based on just the, like, the FOIA reports, USM had only received about $1.3 million from Conference USA. So I'm thinking, like, at most it's going to be about $3 million. And that's what McLean said it was going to be around $3 million. Mm-hmm. So I think um, – yeah, so not nearly as much as um, people were uh, expecting on that, and they said they have a plan mm-hmm. to um, to pay for that. I don't I don't know what it is, but they got a plan, so I'm I'm not worried about it. Uh, it's not my money that they're using to pay the. I'm money. not writing the check. Yeah, yeah so uh, it's okay. But um, and then so they they said they had engaged in, in serious discussions within the last week. I mean, I, I don't know what the definition of of serious discussions. Um, you know, or they said that it, they kind of sort of have in conversation, like um, the beginning of the conversation started around July mm-hmm. uh, when that whole Texas and Oklahoma thing um, did the SEC happen. So that was, um, yeah, that, that was interesting because I was interested to hear um, kind of how that process started. I don't think they actually said who initiated the contact. Um, so, but yeah, that, it, discussions have been going on since the beginning of this whole uh, realignment thing. So, um, do you want to get to the next couple and just take turns on them? Or? Yeah, it's um, one of the things we talked about is this there, and that was that was mentioned by Jeremy and Keith Gill and Dr. Bennett was that there just really are 
no negatives. Um, you know, I think I think with a lot of moves like this, um, really just just the the track record of the last, you could just say since Southern Miss has been in the conference in conference USA, big big things like this. Um, you could even take coaching hires. Uh, you know the the difference in opinion of, of how you approach um, things like that. You like do we go after Southern Miss guy or like you know all these different ways of approaching things because obviously they're different. You know, there are different demographics in the fan base. Um, it, it feels like everyone is on board for this. And I, th- I, th- I think that is, to me, the biggest indicator of, of how successful um, or how correct of a move this is, is that there are no real uh, identifiable drawbacks to this. Um, I mean, the biggest one is you get out of Conference USA and you don't have to worry. To me, that's you know, that is, that's such a, just a gorilla off your back is you don't, you don't have to, yeah, I mean, we can, you know, ponder the, the existence of Conference USA and what do they have to do next. You don't really have to worry about it because you're not a part of it anymore. Um, you know, you don't have to worry about whether or not you're, you know, you're going to have to travel to Tarleton State and, uh, you know, play home and home with them and, and who other FCS schools you backfill with. Um, so that's, yeah, that's one of the big things to me is you, you separate from, bad leadership in conference USA. Um, and now you align yourself, um, with, I feel like really positive and unified leadership, which I, I think that, um, was another question, but, uh, or, you know, just how do you feel about the leadership of this conference compared to conference USA? I think it's night and day. Um, you know, all these factors we talked about of, of the conference being, of one mind and um, an, a, an emphasis that has been um, followed in this last five or 10 years where the Sun Belt really made this jump and now into conference realignment of uh, loyal fan bases, um, regional rivalry, and um, you know all, all those things that make this move make sense. Um, it's, it's a unified movement towards that. And Conference USA, from the leadership all the way to just about every single school was never unified. Um, and so that's, those are, those are a couple of the big positives, but they're, yeah, to, to me, there just aren't a whole lot of negatives to be found. And um, that, yeah, that was mentioned over and over again today because I think it has to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and Gil, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I, I don't think I'd ever heard a, a Judy McLeod ever speak, but yeah, Gil was uh Gil. He was pretty impressive to listen to. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's kind of one of those up and comers. I mean, he's probably trying to get yeah. a, you know, who knows, a Big 12 or something, uh, Big 12 uh, or some other power conference uh, commissioner job. And, you know, he's kind of put himself in a position to do that, just expanding in the way that conference is done and, you know, improving the media deal. So, yeah, I mean, you have seen the league uh, grow since he's become commissioner a couple of years ago. So, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we, we talked about it. He said expansion's not done. And then so McLean said in the presser, five, he, they estimated about $500,000 saved in travel costs. Uh, Ross Dellinger said four hundred thousand last week. I, I mean, I don't know who who he's speaking to. Um, but yeah, I mean, that kind of that four hundred, five hundred thousand uh, range in terms of travel yeah. costs. I mean, you know, we've talked about it a lot. It's just obvious where you're busing to Mobile and Lafayette, Monroe, as opposed to going to El Paso mm-hmm. and San Antonio. And there are going to be outliers like a San Marcos. Yeah. And that is in your division. But even like a Harrisonburg or a, um, a Huntington or a Norfolk, you're not going to play those schools as much because they're on the other side of the um, conference. So just, 
there won't be as many trips to those places. And also, I mean, even even in Atlanta, that's drivable. Uh, Georgia State. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's right in the footprint. I mean, that's, you know, something that's been said a bunch. But um, You don't have to go to Frisco for the conference basketball tournament. Right. I mean, it's just right down the road, Pensacola. <laughs> um, and even, like, uh, just minor sports. We You said uh, the soccer tournament is in uh, Mobile or yeah, Foley. Foley, right outside um, of Mobile. So yeah. that's real close. Um, so, yeah, just saving a lot of money and uh, travel. Um, and I guess the last two things we had are on there. Um, there was some a, – the um, AAC, when Houston left, they had taken away, like, the track tournament or the track championship from Houston. So there was some question, well, is USM going to get the baseball tournament taken away in 2022? And he didn't really give an answer. or He just kind of – he kind of danced around it. I guess he didn't know for sure um, on that. But, um, that, I mean, I guess this possibility of just move everything to La Tech for the next two years. Yeah, I, th- I think that's that's one of the thing is things that are just – a little bit secondary that you just, yeah. you kind of worry about that lame year, um, you know, after, after everything is, is signed and sealed at this point. Um, but you know, if, if, um, if LaTeX is going to, you know, go down in flames, why not give them the conference tournament uh, for one more year? <laughs> no, I'd love to have it in Hattiesburg, obviously. Um, but yeah, that's, that's again, one of those things that um, you just kind of tackle after getting all this out of the way. Um, and they uh, expect equal revenue yes. uh, for all, f- well, all of the members that will be added. That you know they haven't obviously given the number of fourteen yet. Um, but with the addition of, of Southern Miss, they expect um, the plan is for the all of the the revenue to be equal. So I don't know if I don't know if that is dependent on renegotiation uh, renegotiation or. Uh, I don't know if there's some reserves or something that that you use to offset that. Yeah. Um, whatever the case is, that's great news for Southern Miss that you don't you don't um, you don't have to take a hit until those renegotiations. The expectation is immediately um, to come in and and make you know just as much as you're making with Conference USA, if not more. Um, there's also he mentioned Keith Gill uh, a couple times that. The contract is through 20, 2031 uh, with ESPN, but that can be, uh, again, renegotiated after the addition of these new schools, uh, and there have been plenty of rumors about that. Yeah, uh, there was Georgia State. Uh, it was Ben Moore, I think is his name, from Georgia State. Uh, 247 uh, site said, you know, they're talking about $2 million, which would be on par with what the new AAC members are getting, uh, along with equal access on the ESPN platforms. Uh, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I think you're going to see a big jump up, hopefully, um, at least compared to what we were getting uh, in terms of TV money. You go back to, um, you know, old – or COSA 2.0, I mean, it was about $1.3 million. So, I mean, $2 million, uh, that would put it above that. Even if it's below that, you're still probably coming up above. And, obviously, you don't have to adjust money over time, um, you know, but – or, you know, adjust currency over time. But So, it's not – maybe that $1.3 would be worth more now. But Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're gonna be getting probably as much or more if these rumors are true uh, than you were getting in that CUSA 2.0 era when you had UCF and Houston and these other kind of big market programs that were winning. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was um, that was some that was uh, kind of rumored. He, he, I mean, he didn't say that. Obviously, neither no one said that at the um, at the press conference, but. Yeah, they they they. Uh, I think somebody asked a question about that. They kind of shied away because they, you know, you don't want to get ahead of yourself in that and, and 
hurts your negotiations um, if you do want to increase revenue there. Um, another thing they talked about was the weekday games. Uh, McLean answered a question about that of, you know, <clears throat> we talked about this about, <clears throat> excuse me, how there was, you know, there was a big push against weekday games and how that's, that's seen as uh, less than and, you know, um, as, as less exposure and, you know, kind of lower level teams play weekday games. Um, first of all, I, I feel like the Sun Belt has really worked against uh, that perception. You, you see games like App State Coastal um, on a Wednesday night when it's sold out. And it's a great game. Um, you know, I, I think if you you just schedule that correctly, um, that can, or you know, even if it's even if it's just a regular conference game, if it, even if it's not two top division teams, um, that can be really beneficial because you're the only game on. And you know, that's we we talked about that with Corey Gunkel. He he mm-hmm. mentioned um, one of his college friends from California. His first exposure to Southern Miss was seeing his play, I think, on a Thursday night or a Tuesday night or something like that, and and said, "Hey, that you know that looks cool." Um, you know that that's. You know, maybe you know that's that's not going to be what drives your brand recognition, obviously, but um, that is that is an overblown negative, um, and it you know you sometimes you won't play any weekday games in a year, and right. sometimes it'll be one or two. Um, so it's it's not like you move to playing on Tuesday nights every single week. Um, so that's been a little overblown. I feel like that was uh, answered well by um, Jeremy. Um, so, so some of these sp- specifics as far as, as the, gen- the average rating or yeah, well, let me, just on the TV okay, yeah, or, or on the weekday thing. So I was looking earlier today. I mean, there were, I think app state might have three or four this year. Uh, right, and one of those was like the first week of the year in that ECU game. But like most schools that like they have one or two, some of them have zero mm-hmm. and they're on D I mean, they're not, you're not playing on Friday. Friday's always been kind of tough for USM just cause it goes up against high school football and high school football is a big deal here. Um, but, I mean, most of them are on Thursdays, occasionally on uh, Wednesday. There's, I don't think I saw any Tuesday games. So it's Wednesday or Thursday. You do it once or twice a year maybe, uh, and you get a ton of exposure. So I, I, don't, I guess the, one of the negatives would be for if you're coming from out of town, if you're coming from Jackson or New Orleans, Mobile, or the coast, it, it is tough yeah. to get there on a weekday. But I think, um, you know, I think the exposure and um, – you know, the TV and that kind of part of it, um, I think that kind of makes up for it. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think – it's not like the MAC where you're playing four Tuesday nights in a row or something. It's going to be something that will happen once or twice a year or so, and um, it'll be on usually like a Thursday. It may probably be the only game, you know, outside the NFL when they play on Thursday. So, yeah, I think it's um, – that that isn't going to be a problem. I think it's going to be good for us in terms of exposure. So, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. You also compare that to when you did play some weekday games in the old Conference USA, where those games were not, you know, you were not going to drive to those games. And some of these, you know, some of these games maybe that you do play away, um, even if it is on a Wednesday or a Thursday night, you can you can drive to. Oh yeah. Uh, you can drive to Mobile and, and drive back um, that night or you know whatever the case may be. It's it just it's a lot more doable uh, in so many different respects. Um, Okay, so yeah, so we were going to move on to, um, again, if you haven't read Patrick's article, go read it, but you want to briefly just overview some of those average ratings? Yeah, so I was, looking at, uh, I was looking at the FPI, which is, is similar to S&P. I was trying to do the S&P, and for some reason it 
like the ESPN, my ESPN Plus account wasn't loading, so I just all right, I got an FPI, which is a sim. I've talked about SMPs like success rate. FPI is using EPA per play, basically how many points they expect you to score when you're at your position in the field and you know down a distance. So it's similar, but anyway, so the new the new Sun Belt is third when you take an account, or even when you don't take into account these changes. Um, it's third, and then when you take into account everything else, it tightens things up even more. So it'll be the third group of five conference, but it's very close to the AAC in the Mountain West. So previously, the AAC, or in, just to add, CUSA was last in that. Uh, CUSA, the average, um, the five-year average county this year was 100. Um, so the AAC was at 70, so they've lost these three teams. And the AAC was um, 15, about 15 points ahead. 14 or 15 are spots ahead in terms of the average team of the Mountain West. And now the Mountain West is the top dog at 84. AAC is at 87. And then the Sun Belt's at 92 or 93 and the Max at 94. So you really have the four group of five leagues are really going to be tightly bunched up, all very competitive with each other in terms of that New Year's Six or playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the AAC was just kind of the dominant um, conference. I guess still is until those changes are made. Um, once those schools leave, you know, you're going to see them fall back to the pack once you lose it, like a Cincinnati that's ranked number two. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot more level playing field with a Memphis or a Tulane or an ECU, whereas, you know, we've been in a conference where the average AAC team is 30 points better than our average team. And now, um, the where, yeah, the average AAC team is 30 points better than the average Conference USA team. Now we're moving to the Sun Belt. It's going to be a situation where the AAC, it might only be, you know, if you go by these last five years, the AAC average team has only been about five spots um, better than the average Sun Belt team. The Sun Belt is rising, um, and, you know, they're kind of thinking the AAC is falling. So it's really a level playing field, I think, now in terms of the group of five uh, conferences. And then what we'll go – oh, yeah. Um, and then uh, – so, I mean, the divisions, we talked about the divisions. So USM, the way the scheduling will work, will play – Lafayette, Monroe, Troy, Texas State, South Al, and Arkansas State every year. Those are your West Division um, opponents. And then you'll play two crossover games. And then, uh, yeah, so two of um, James Madison, Old Dominion, um, Marshall, Georgia State, Georgia Southern App, and uh, Coastal. So two of those teams. Um, and then you look at the five-year averages. App has really been the dominant team. They've almost been like a friend's top 25 program over the last um, several years. They're 30 spots ahead of uh, ULL um, in terms of the average um, five-year averages. James Madison's top five. So I think that shows you they're going to be competitive immediately, even though they're transitioning. And then USM, um, nine overall, fourth in the West. The West is going to be a little bit weaker. Uh, in the East, at least at this point, uh, the four of the top five teams are in the East and three of the t- bottom four in the West. Um, so that's just kind of a breakdown of football. Yeah, does that does that concern you at all that, that you're in the weaker division? Uh, no, because I think – I mean, obviously that, you know, that is normally pretty cyclical. You know, that'll, oh, yeah. that'll change. Yeah, I mean, these things change. And, you know, I think ULL, they have sunk a ton of money in their facilities into that program. I think you look at a Troy. I mean, I think Troy has a lot of you know potential. You've seen them beat Nebraska and LSU recently. I think you know they may make a coaching change here soon. Who knows? But that's a program you've seen be successful. Right. Um, same thing with Arkansas State. Um, I mean, even ULM. We like to joke about ULM. ULM's four and three, and they've beaten Liberty, and um, uh-huh. they just beat Troy. So I mean, Terry Bowden looks like he's going to do a good job there. 
South Al. Um, yeah. They, what are they, four and three? You know, that staff looks like they're doing a good job. And then Texas State, I mean, who knows? They're probably going to make a change too. But right. I, I think, I mean, the West has been the weaker of the past, you know, five or so years. But I think that can change really quickly. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all if we look ahead in five years and like, oh, the West is a lot better than the East. Sure. So I think it's just kind of dependent on coaching hires. And if some of these schools, like we're talking about like a Texas State or a Troy, uh, they change coaches. You know, if they make a good hire, that's really going to help the uh, the West part of the conference. So, um, but yeah, the, the East has been uh, tougher here at late. So let's let's go to basketball a little bit. Um, and this, it's not not been forgotten, but not as as large of a factor because I feel like it's it's uh, I don't know it's 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 pretty even as far. Yeah. I mean, it's still a one bid league, mm-hmm. and. Um, not to the point though where it's a step down. No, I mean it's it's basically a lateral move. Like so, I was doing the Ken Palm uh, four year averages, and so CUSA and it, as is currently constituted is basically an average Division One, maybe slightly slightly <laughs> above average Division One conference. Whereas the new Sun Belt is going to be a little below average. But I mean they're both basically middle of the pack Division One basketball conferences. They're mm-hmm. both going to get one bid. I, I don't really. Uh, I mean, that's like you're saying. It's not getting a lot of attention just because it's not much of a change from current conference USA. Uh, so in basketball, um, what they're pro- they have an 18 game conference schedule. They could go to 20 games with 14 teams, but they'll probably go to eight. Stick at 18, I would guess, and that's what CUSA has where you'll play. Um, I guess five teams twice and eight te- or five teams twice and eight teams once. Um, and th- so these these additions that we're bringing in, Old Dominion and Marshall, those are going to be Two of the top teams, uh, Georgia State is one of the top teams. I mean, those are your three best teams, Old Dominion, Marshall, and Georgia State in this new uh, Sun Belt. Georgia State, um, I don't know if people remember them. They beat uh, Baylor a couple years back in an upset. Um, so, yeah, those are your top three programs. It's going to be a conference where if USM has a good team where you can get that top four um, seed in the tournament, which gives you a bye and gives you the best chance of the auto bid. So I mean I, I think it's gonna be about the same as conference USA a little a little step down but not much to really make a difference or that is noteworthy. So yeah, and then baseball. Why don't you check and see if we have any um, other questions? We're starting to run a little long on time. If you do, um, yeah, have any questions, comments, whatever, uh, throw it in the live chat. Uh, but yeah, it's baseball. Um, you, you do. Take a, a, I mean, a, a very small step back is you know part of what you wrote in the article. Um, but or you can go ahead, yeah. But you 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 take it, take or, it and run. Yeah, I mean, or go ahead. So you're saying about a step back and I'll. Well, I was just yeah. I mean, it, it's there's I think there are two different ways to look at it of, of specifically in terms of baseball. Is you do, you know, you lose connection with. Rice, which does that really hurt you at this point? Um, you know where that program is. Uh, La Tech, you lose connection with them. With it, you know that's a natural rival, and they're that program is trending upwards. So they won't be nearly as good this year um, with the new stadium and uh, have some things going for them. Um, and then FAU, uh, so you lose you lose some of you know what what have been uh, the top teams in your conference uh, these last five or ten years. And so yeah, I would say. Small step back, and, and um, you know the the ratings reflect that. But the other side of that is, you, I mean, it's the same thing with football. You have 
these natural rivalries that will develop. And I feel like as as the conference moves forward, I, I feel like you know you take AAC baseball versus conference USA not a factor. AAC baseball versus Sun Belt baseball. I mean, college baseball is a, is a, an extremely regional sport. Yes. And so, moving into the future, even at you know, even with all of the you know, the recruiting has become a lot more national. And it's you know, it, it is a growing game. But I would I would put my money on a southeastern uh, regionally uh, placed conference. With still, you know, with already some traditionally very good programs, we mentioned Lafayette is, you know, top 10 um, in attendance. And, uh, you know, Southern Miss, one of the the other best group of five um, uh, fan bases in the country. Both of those programs have been successful in the postseason. You say the same for South Alabama. Um, And, uh, yeah, so I I think the ceiling is is much higher to me um, in the Sun Belt in terms of baseball. So I don't think that should worry you to take a small step back. Um, I don't think that hurts the program, specifically Southern Miss, moving forward. Um, And I I still think that you – it's a move up in terms of potential for me at least. Yeah, I agree. And so, yeah, the average of this so – or CSA's four-year average is 102, and Massey, the new Sun Belt's going to be 116. But the important thing to remember is a lot of those – I guess four of the five bottom teams are in the east. Right. And the way that the scheduling will work, I think – I'm pretty sure it's going to work this way – is that USM will play the six other teams in the west and then four teams from the east. And so those those teams from the bottom of the East, you're talking about like App State, James Madison, um, Marshall, Georgia State, you're not going to play those teams as much. And most of the top programs are on the uh, West side. So I think that's going to kind of blunt any impact of like RPI. And, I mean, it will kind of hurt. I guess some years you won't play Coastal Carolina. You'll play them about, I guess, four out of every seven years. Um yeah, but yeah, I mean, like you said, Lafayette, they've kind of underachieved. Coastal's kind of underachieved the past couple of years since they won the right. national championship. So I think there's a lot of room for growth um, in terms of these programs at the top of the Sun Belt. So I, I think it's a league where if these teams can, you know, play well and play to, you know, the kind of close to the ceiling of their program, it could be a three or four bid league and one of the better uh, college baseball conferences on the country. And, you know, we've talked about there's good fan support in the league where you have. A USM, a Lafayette, those are top 20 fan bases. You have a um, South Alabama, Coastal Carolina. Um, who was the other one that made that list? Troy, I think, was top 45 in attendance. Texas State's around top 50. Georgia Southern draws well. So, I mean, you really have seven real fan bases in this conference for college baseball, whereas CUSA you had maybe like three. I mean, really almost two with the way Rice has been going. Yeah. So, I mean, really just kind of USM and La Tech. Yeah. So, it's going to be a fun baseball league in terms of the fan bases – you're going to have these great rivalries with South Alabama and Lafayette. They're going to move to the weekend, you know, a Troy. I mean, even a ULM. Uh, I mean, ULM got a couple of uh, uh-huh. big wins with last year. We'll sure. see what they do with Federico. Texas State uh, had a good year a couple years ago. I mean, frankly, in 2019, I thought they should have been in the tournament. They won the regular season. They got left out. But that's a program that, you know, like we are saying, draws well. So I think this is going to be a really fun baseball league. I think it yeah. kind of could be like – People talk about the Big West um, with, like, Cal State Fullerton and Long Beach and those kind of programs. I think it could be, like, the southern version of that. Um, so I think this is going to be, even though the average rating is down, I think this is still going to be, a, a, an at, at worst, an average or a 
uh, lateral move in baseball. And I think it'll probably end up being a, a good move, a positive move for baseball. Yeah, so. I'm with you. And you're not playing on CUSA TV right. where the, the SID's assistant sets up his phone on top of the press box like yeah, it was like at La Tech yeah, or Middle Tennessee. Um, so here's a, here's a question before we move on from baseball. Who do we fill the midweek games with now? Um, who sent that? Or who would – who do we f- fill the midweek games against now traditionally be a nice chunk of? Sorry, I'm, I'm misreading that. Um, basically, who do, who do we replace yeah, those midweek right, games with? Right, we were going to talk about that. Who said that? Uh, that is from Clancy John on Twitter. So. Yeah, so that was something I kind of talked about good in, question. The, in the article. Yeah, it is a good question. Um so, yeah, you're losing South Alabama, which has been a midweek staple for decades and decades. You lose Stephen Troy, ULM, ULL. Those have kind of, I guess, alter, or ULL and, U, or, and Troy have alternated between midweek and weekend. ULM has been an occasional midweek. I think you look at adding maybe a game with Southeastern Louisiana. You look at um, adding a game with Nichols. I mean, you could do a home-and-home with, like, a Nichols. That's not that far. Uh, possibly adding Jackson State. Um no, I mean, you kind of worry about RPI in that situation. But Jackson State wasn't – I mean, they had like a top 200 RPI where that's not great. But if you win that, it's not going to hurt you as long as you win that. Um, so you could add them. Uh, you know, you'd love to see Tulane get back playing them in midweek. That's yeah. gone off the uh, yeah. past couple of years. But that makes a lot of sense midweek. So, yeah, I mean, kind of adding these some of these Southland teams, you could, you know, look at Samford. You could look at UAB. Uh, at a midweek, could look at a Northwestern State, kind of play them maybe at Trustmark. That's kind of the halfway point, I guess, sort of. So they're going to have to get a little creative, but it's doable. But uh, that is a big question in terms of who you fill those midweek games with because South Alabama, that's been a home-and-home in midweek, you know, probably for I mean, as long as these two programs have been playing baseball, I'm, I would guess. I would go back and look at the media guide, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think that, that will be um, a big issue because the programs and – the spot that the program is is in, you're going to be able to attract some pretty good non-conference um, opponents in the midweek, especially with you know just regionally where you are. Um, okay, so a couple of those other sports just to touch on. Uh, I mean, softball is really the big one that comes up. That you know, um, McLean talked about how four um, they had four there were four bid league last year. Obviously, James Madison uh, went away from the uh, women's college world World Series finals ton of fun to watch um do you remember the the pitcher's name i do um, not i was actually just looking at the wiki earlier okay well it, it was i kept up with that a little bit and that was uh that was pretty cool to watch and that's that's year in year out a great um a great softball program along with lafayette um, or the university of louisiana <laughs> um that's gonna be a that's gonna be a point of contention uh about oh they've louisiana already been lafayette. in my mentions uh, yeah yeah um, well, that's you know, I feel like that's just part of it because I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stop saying that. I feel like most other Southern people are not gonna stop saying that. Um, but but yeah, so Lafayette, that's a program they make regionals, they make super regionals. Yeah. James Madison, uh, they've been playing at it. Those are both top twenty top, programs yeah. since 2017. Yeah. Um, so and so they talked about it was a four bid league last year. I mean, obviously they're not gonna say and now we're about to add James Madison. It's gonna make it a five bid league. I mean, they can't say that because right. of the whole. But, you know, it's kind of in the back of everybody's mind. Right. So you're really going to be in a, you know, I haven't run the numbers on it, but it's possibly going to be a top five or six softball conference. So it's mm-hmm. going to be um, a lot of great competition. ULL, that'll be a, a yearly um, series. JMU, 
Uh, kind of like we were talking about coastal baseball. It won't be every year, but it'll be about every four out of seven years or so, just kind of based on that rotation. But, yeah, softball, um, that's going to be a big uh, jump up for softball for sure. Um, Scheduling-wise uh, for football, um, don't think it's, it's quite as – big uh of a gap that is left in the future scheduling you talked about um specifically jeremy talked about um the troy series and how they would backfill some of that and mentioned uab specifically he also said in the presser that he was on the phone with um one of the did he mention you i didn't i must have missed that the former conference usa teams uh yeah that are now in the aac um and yeah and he he didn't say them by name then, um, but then when he was taking fan questions at the reception, he mentioned UAB specifically. So I, I kind of feel like that was who he was talking to and that that probably backfills um, maybe that Troy series and, mm-hmm. and some of those other replacements. Um, yeah. Um, football schedule. Right. I, th- I think, you know, the way you have basically two built-in games every year in football, you have um, you know, the money game on the road against a power conference team. You have an FCS game, so there's two. So then you basically, I mean, you can alternate between UAB and La Tech or even like a Western Kentucky. And then you have one other spot. You you know, maybe add another Power 5 team in like a two-for-one or home-or-home home deal or, uh, you know, an AAC team or someone like that, along with those, um, you know, old Conference USA teams. So, yeah, I, I think playing UAB and La Tech makes a lot of sense to fill um, those Troy games. Then in the, in the past, you know, you relied on teams like, or you played Troy in the past, you played, um, you know, ULM in the past, you played South Alabama in the past, you had that game scheduled with App State. Um, I guess they got canceled, but that was a home-and-home. Home. So, yeah, I think, you know, UAB and La Tech, those are, um, you know, kind of, I guess, the closest thing we had to a rival in CUSA. Uh, geographically easy to get to those places. Yeah. Um, so, hopefully those series continue. Um, in football and baseball, I think La Tech could make a lot of sense to replace that kind of that Lafayette-Troy uh, series that we've been playing over the years. So maybe not UAB in baseball, maybe like a midweek game, but um, yeah. So okay, so we we are going pretty long, so we'll start to wrap it up. Um, but to cap it off, just briefly, want to touch on uh, some of the movement for Conference USA. Uh, sounds like they are going to move pretty quickly, and have already been in contact with um, a lot of these schools that they're going to backfill with. Uh, so you want to touch on that? Yeah, so there was a, I guess there was a report. I mean, it's been several reports on it actually. Where they were talking about like Tarleton State, which is basically an FCS transitional team. They're coming up from D two. They're in Stephenville, Texas, which I guess is like an hour or so west of Fort Worth, maybe. But I mean, we'll see. Uh, I think you're diluting the FBS talent pool when you're adding a, a yeah. uh, Tarleton State and yep. a. You know, McNeese or in these other schools they're talking about. And people will say, well, the Sun Belt, they did the same thing. Well, but the Sun Belt, they were adding like an App State, like these FCS powers, like an App State, a Georgia Southern that has tons of fans that have been winning national championships. And, you know, James Madison fits that mold too. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas CUSA is not doing that. And it, you also have to come up with the problem well, if they add all these Texas schools, that's, what's, what's that going to do for FIU or whoever? So, uh, I mean, it gets to the point, Dennis Dodd made a point where. Um, I mean, it's going to come down to is any TV co- or any TV contract or deal, can you even get a deal done if you have Missouri State, FIU? I mean, at that point, it may not even be a viable league in terms of TV, which could throw the whole thing away or, you know, dissolve the whole league at that point. Yeah. So, um, 
Uh, yeah, now they say Liberty's not interested, which we figured was the case after all those schools left. They figure they just do it better as an independent. Yeah. Instead of you know playing Tarleton State and whoever. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if you can justify leave with UTEP, FIU, and a bunch of FCS call ups getting some of that uh, college football playoff money. That's really going to be kicking in if they expand in a couple of years. So yeah. Yeah, I, I think that um, that'll move that'll move pretty quickly. And the direction the conference USA is going, it's it's. Uh, I don't know. You're going to have to get really, really creative and either just do a, a total rebranding or, or fold. I mean, you know, if the Mac comes in and, and takes some of those, you know, final breathing teams, um, yeah. you know, that would, that would pretty, pretty much be the kill shot. Um, one of uh, one of these questions pertains to this. Uh, first of all, how many football conferences, how many football conference games do you think we'll have from USM Voice? It would it would be eight, right? It, It'd be change. eight. I, I don't. There, there was some talk on places where like, well, maybe they'll go to nine. There's no, I don't. There's no way you'd have the votes to get to nine because, yeah. in terms of just that, really limits your out of conference flexibility in terms of getting home games, getting your money games in. Um, yeah, not the, not the way the sting, things stand right now, and that you know that yeah. could change down the road. I don't think but, that'd be a good uh, move. No, I, I I'm with you there. So um, eight games, but then. Um, here is, um, Clancy John, um, nice comment. No such thing as running long. Today's a landmark day for our institution. Talk as long as needed. Thanks, Clancy. Um, appreciate that. Appreciate you listening. Delmas 14, Ryan Delmas says, (laughs) Pat, who is your least favorite Conference USA opponent of all time? Not named UAB Memphis or LaTeX. Uh, I guess when they were in the league, I always kind of hated UCF because they were they just had a really annoying fans and I just remember like when we beat them when they tried that two point conversion in 2011 and we yeah. almost or I guess we batted down they were like, bad that year oh too. They, yeah no they didn't make a bowl yeah um, UCF he said don't name Memphis I guess I didn't like I didn't really care about Tulane where they were in the league they were just kind of like the cute little New Orleans school that we beat up <laughs> on when they were in CSA but now their fans are getting a little talking a little bit so yep. I shoot them up the list but. Um, ECU, I don't know if that was on his no name list. No, it was, it was UAB, Memphis, LaTeX, the three. That, yeah, that. ECU, that was great. Rice baseball, and I couldn't stand them when they were at their peak. So, But I would have to say, I don't There was always something about UCF. I just remember watching like a Thursday night game. on. It was almost the exact same scenario that we had when we played UAB and lost. It was a Thursday night game on CSS in 2011, mm-hmm. and they lost to a terrible UAB team, the same team that we lost to. And I just remember so funny all these UCF fans like, oh my gosh, we just lost a UAB, a, a winless UAB team in, in front of like 30 people at Legion Field. So I, I'd say UCF, but um, I mean, obviously Memphis outside of that. Yeah, it's a lot of those, it's the superiority, superiority complex that a lot of those um, former Conference USA schools have developed and even, even the new uh, the new six SAAC schools um See, they've caught on to that pretty quickly. Um, that's that's another. Uh, it's 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 funny to me the dynamic of all of the AAC schools still being uh, pretty wrapped up in <laughs> Southern Miss and Marshall and where they're going and um, pretty. It seems like they're pretty upset that we are not uh, upset that we're not going to the AAC. I mean, I, I talked to the people I talked to today at the reception uh, in. I mean, this includes coaches, uh, you know, I won't, not that this is like a, a terrible thing, but, you know, I just won't say their name, but coaches, uh, you know, 
pretty significant donors, guys that have been around a long time, all said, thank goodness we're not going to the AAC because it's, it, it is just the exact same direction that you have been moving the last 25 years. Um, so I, I, think this could, I, I think this could be a turning point for Southern Miss mm-hmm. Athletics. I really do um, because I think when you get to um, – I still think it's, it's a, a very strong possibility you get to the point where there's, there's another big shift – um, and possibly a, a break um, from um, the haves and the have-nots of specifically college football, and you know the, the rest would fall under that. And I think to survive, to stay relevant, being in the Sun Belt with all of these factors that we have talked about, all of these positives, um, and so few negatives, uh, just – yeah, I think where you are aligning yourself conference-wise puts you in a position that is miles better than you have been in the last 25 years and especially would be in the new AAC because I think that's who survives is the regional conference with loyal fan bases and natural identity connections. So I think this could be like – Jeremy McLean said, kind of the beginning of an upward trend for athletics. Yeah, and I think, you know, the AAC, I mean, there there obviously are a couple teams you'd still like to play in the AAC, like BMW Blizzard. Oh, totally. Memphis yeah. and ECU, Tulane, UAB. But you're already, you know, there's talk we're going to play UAB in non-conference. We already have to deal with Tulane. I mean, is it, you know, so uh, you don't play Memphis and ECU, but, I mean, is it that is it worth it to um, – you know, not join a regional conference where travel is going to be a lot better just so you can play Memphis and ECU. Um, yeah, especially because Memphis is yeah, – I mean, Memphis is very well could not be in that conference right. in two or so, three years. Right, so I mean, at that point, you know, you're really running out of reasons. And then couple that with – I mean, the AAC just took all the schools that we hated playing anyway. It's like Rice and North Texas and yep. Charlotte and these other schools we couldn't stand playing. So, yeah, I mean, there's a part where you would like to play some of these old rivals, but – I think long-term, I think the Sunbelt move uh, is going to be a good one. So, It is uh, indeed a landmark day for our institution, not my words. Um, <laughs> anything else we need to talk about, Pat? Um, uh, yeah, I guess we, you know, we're probably not going to talk about you know, the Middle Tennessee game. Yeah. This is kind of the big realignment uh, bonanza special. Yeah, uh, that'll be um, it'll be nice to couple this momentum with the win at uh, Murfreesboro. It's also um, it's also interesting to to think about the trajectory of the football program and um, and you just just kind of how the rebuild maybe lines up. Um, you know, you think yeah. maybe in twenty twenty three is when you you kind of have your breakout and. Um, you know, that's when Coach Hall have all of his, um, you know, majority majority of the personnel will be um, his guys that he's brought in. The system would be, you know, fully implemented at that point. So you feel like the first year where you're in the Sun Belt, you can, you know, come in there and, and immediately compete, hopefully. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So that, that, yeah, that falls in your favor, too. Um, we'll take uh, a couple more questions. Um USM Voice says, "What do you? What are your guys' thoughts on TV markets? Seems like that's becoming an outdated concept." 
I mean, yeah, we've talked about it, the whole brand. Like, it's more important to have fans than our brands, which fan, good fan bases typically have better brands. Uh, but, I mean, the TV market, I mean, that's still a thing. I mean, even the new Sunbelt will have a couple TV markets where, that's, that's what I said, where USM fans will be able to go to Atlanta. I mean, that's good for Atlanta alums. Atlanta's a big market. James Madison is close to D.C., so you'll get in that kind of the D.C. footprint almost. Uh, Texas State. Uh, is close to um, Austin and San Marcos. So it's almost a thing where you're in these kind of smaller towns, but a lot of them are really close to big metro areas. Almost, all, it's almost the best of both worlds where you're within proximity to some of these major TV markets, but you also have the small town, small city feel. So. Yeah, and I, I think, um, you know, the big argument after the, the, the shifts in 2012, 2013, a lot of a group of five people was that um, – you know, because that was that was around the same time we we talked about this. That was around the same time that um, all the big streaming services were becoming a thing, and you could uh, you could pick and choose what you wanted to watch. It wasn't just big this one big TV package, um, and and you know it, it kind of looked like ESPN wasn't going to have quite as much power. Um, but that's that's not as much the case because ESPN you know very much uh, is is. Um, you know, the captain of the ship at this point, uh, which we have uh, certainly seen. So, yeah, it's still very much a factor, but it's also, um, you know, I I don't think ESPN is is dumb either. I I think they, you know, they have seen the jump that the Sun Belt has made, um, you know, specifically if we're going to talk about the Sun Belt, um, and the interest that a full house and a regional rivalry – um, that, that, that generates across the country. People want to watch that. I mean, just college, you, you, you know, you, you go to Twitter on a Wednesday night when App State and Coastal Carolina are playing, and, and all of these college football people, um, just in any connection to college football, regardless of, of what they're, you know, most of them probably Power 5 fans are really excited about App State and Coastal Carolina um, on ESPN that night. And so um, that's, that's a big reason you've seen the, you know, whatever it is, 140% jump in viewership of, of the Sunbelt games and, um, you know, could lead to, uh, you know, more uh, of a TV revenue split in the renegotiation, hypothetically. Um, so, yeah, still, uh, still very much a part of the equation. Um, but I, I think that the focus has just shifted a little bit. Um, and I don't think, you, you, you know, you won't ever quite get rid of that. Um, but I think if you see, you know, you see Sunbelt, the Sunbelt continue to improve and build on some of the success they've seen in the last five years, um, that uh, becomes even less of a factor. It's, you know, you, you want to watch good football, um, good football teams, play good football teams on TV in good football environments. And um, that's a lot of what the Sunbelt has built their success on. And, um, you know, that, uh, that raises the, the ceiling for um, – or know give southern miss the same opportunity um in the sunbelt so uh yeah yeah so just one last thing on that i guess we're about to wrap up but i mean like usm versus south alabama like that means something as opposed to like a rice versus fau whereas like it may not you know it's not like on the level of alabama or auburn obviously sure southern miss south alabama that at least i mean people care about it like if you're like in jackson county pascagoula kind of those are two local schools where there's a significant amount of overlap between, you know, student bodies and alumni and, 
and that kind of thing where, you know, there's a little bit of something at stake there. Whereas if you have, you know, kind of two big commuter schools that are playing each other, you know, from other sides of the country, that doesn't have the same meaning, at least locally. So those rivalries, you bring in the rivalries, I think that's, yeah, like you're saying, big reason the Sun Belt uh, has improved over the last five or so years. Yeah. Um, man, I, we have – we have talked uh, like hour fifteen, probably. Yeah, we have we have rolled right along. Plenty to talk about, and this you know obviously will not be the last uh, last conversation we have about this. Still more to come for the Sun Belt, which we will um, we'll be right alongside with you through all of that. And um, yeah, I'm I'm already thinking of more things we can talk about. So we we are going to wrap it up so we can post this, and people will actually listen to the whole thing. Yeah. On. Um, in podcast form. So we greatly appreciate you being with us as always. Uh, we would love for you to go leave us a review on, um, wherever you listen to your, uh, podcast that, that helps a lot. Um, but this has been another episode of, uh, buzzardry live on Twitter. And if you don't follow us on Twitter, it's at buzzardry pod and still working on the Facebook. Um, but that is Patrick McGee. My name is Ben Milam. This has been another live episode of Buzzardry. Thanks for listening. Hope to have you with us next time. This has been Buzzardry. Thanks for listening. And be sure to share and leave a review. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Buzzardry Pod for all you need to know about the show. See you next time.